Picture this, you're a newly qualified nutritional health coach and you feel like a one-person show. It feels like you're being pulled in every direction. You feel like a chicken with your head cut off and you are running all over the place. Imagine having someone who can help you put the processes and systems in place to eliminate all that uncertainty and deliver clients to your door like Uber Eats delivers food. That's why this podcast exists. The Business of Health Coaching podcast exists to help you keep business simple and uncomplicated. Uh, welcome to this week's podcast show. Welcome, everybody. Oh, yes, that intro. So today we're going to cover an interesting topics. So we just finished at the gymnasium, as we do on a Saturday. It is cold and frosty outside. It's December, but Christmas is soon. So one of these topics I, I realized this week was I had a call with someone. I think it was this week. Was it this week I mentioned yeah. it. Yeah. I had a call with someone this week. I did a reel about this that got comments as well. And it's just something that, I believe is very important just to discuss and we want to take a deep dive into this topic and the area really is about and this is the title maybe other podcasts haven't decided yet but the area we're looking at is is there such a thing as learning too much okay and it's all about certification do you need another qualification somebody actually put this in a facebook group i was in the other day as well actually and the coaches sometimes overdo it on courses so that's the topic we want to discuss today because i think there's, there's two sides to it and this comes from uh, rich litford Litvin from Prosperous Coach has got a book. I can't remember the co-writer of the book as well. But he talks about there's the business side of running a coaching business and the coaching side of running a coaching business. And most people get into coaching to coach people. They don't, most of the time, don't think about the business side. They think about, I just want to help people. And then it's like, right, cool, got qualified. How do I get these people? And most courses really barely tap into business, really. They talk about coaching and how to coach, which is fine. That's perfectly great course to do that. But then what happens when it comes to actually getting these clients and acquiring these clients? And over the years, like we've been doing this since 2016, me and Fire had this back and forth kind of debates and conversations around this. And I think, if I'm wrong, you can correct me, Fire, that you your understanding has changed over a period of time. But what's your what is your view on that? Like, let's get another certification on in general. <coughs> Excuse me. So I would say that um, when you're first starting this journey, you do feel like you're not fully equipped to start. Um, and this could be self-belief. This could be lack of confidence, um, like whatever, like genuinely, like you're not sure. You think if I do one more certification and then start, or if I get level one, level two, level three personal training, then get a nutrition qualification, but then I might as well do the gut health. And also if I do the mindset piece in it, now I feel like I'm ready to start. But then something else comes up because you're literally doing one course after the next. And what you, are, you, what you may be pushing back is the actual start date because you are scared. So in my case, uh, and I'm talking from my own experience, it would be the case. Um, not the first few years. So, so we did an amazing course, EIF. And when we did that, <coughs> we then um, started the business very quickly. So we are very much action takers. We start things, put it in motion. What we've learned, we, we put it in motion. Um, and I kind of take the feedback and learn from that. Uh, at COVID, I did another nutrition course, take a deep dive because the opportunity came along. So that was nice. But then after that, I wanted to go into a level two coaching. And that was, that was long alongside coaching my clients. I'd just l launched online and I found myself in a little bit of a state where I had to deliver and do that. And I, I struggle with that as well. So... But I really genuinely believe that if I did this second level, that I would be a better coach. Now, 
if so far I haven't done this, um, would I have been a better coach or would I transform people's lives and become a better coach that way? There's, there's, you know, they're, they're both, there's no right or wrong answer really here. However, if you are doing courses after courses and waiting for the perfect moment to arrive, because you are all or nothing kind of person, I put a post about this actually in my own, my own uh, Facebook group, then there is probably a mindset issue going on here rather than um, uh, confidence issue rather than to, to do with courses really. Because I think you know enough already. So you're ready to start, but you just don't know how to. So then you just delay it slightly and get another course, possibly. In my case, maybe that was the case. Uh, or I genuinely believe that it make me a better coach, which means I will transform more people's lives or go in deeper. Yeah. Yeah, I think we had like a heated debate, shall we say, at that time. Because my belief was at the time we didn't need another qualification. What we needed was to learn how to market and sell and then come back to that later down the line once you've kind of freed up your time a bit more. So it kind of goes in a circle and I've kind of wrote, just wrote down here, learning and implementation. So there's a phase where you're learning something new maybe, a new skill to develop, and then you go to implement that skill. Then you learn a bit more, then you implement and learn and implement. And you really want to keep, that's the cycle you want to keep going, learning, implement, learning, implement, not learn, 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 implement. Because the first thing you probably learned, you've forgotten by the time you come to implement it. So it's almost like just-in-time learning is the best phrase I've ever heard. I don't know who from, but instead of just-in-case learning. So what most people do, and we fell in the trap of that, I'll learn this just in case I need it for two, three years down the line. And I used to be like that with a lot of things at the beginning when I just love to learn stuff. So like I'll be learning like how to learn about cryptocurrency, for example. So I'd learn that. It's good to know things like in your spare time and be interested in things, but I'm not going to do courses on it. I just learned a bit to understand what's going on. And I said, okay, I get it. I get enough. But until I want to actually put money on Coinbase, for example, and invest in crypto, I'm not interested. With index funds, when it came to index funds, I, I learned how to do it. Then I, and this is when I first read Tony Robbins' book. Uh, what's that book called? Unknown? No, unknown. Uh, no, not that one. Not the giant within thing. It was, uh, oh, when I come back to it, I remember it. But it's basically about investing, basically. And the whole idea was like to invest in index funds is the ultimate kind of thing about it. But it teaches you how to do it. I read that book and I didn't implement until three years later. So that was like just in case. Now, when I look at it, I'll go, right, okay, I'm gonna, I read that book. Now I'm going to implement because I learned the things in there. And that will benefit me now if I'm ready to do so. So that's the way I think of these, this learning. And I think when me and Farah had that heated debate, we'll say, about this is that she was adamant I want to do level two that may make me a better coach I'm like well we don't have enough clients really we need to get more clients first because hands-on experience is so valuable because clients will struggle with all kinds of things like what to eat how to eat outside in the restaurant emotions um, things during the holiday period a bazillion things someone dies in a family and they're, they're not getting the results they wanted all these things happen and the more experience you get at it, the better your coach you become. If you listen, take the feedback on board and use like coaches and other people to like as a sounding board, which might mean being in a, in a program that teaches you that piece, maybe. So it's, it's that fine balance and there is a balance. But if you've got no clients, you don't need another certification. You need to learn how to market your business and people hate to hear that. It's like, how, no, I want to came to be a coach. And we had this conversation with someone. And I said, 
that was me. And I think I, I said like, it before. I hate all of this marketing. Yeah, why? Do, why I just want to be a coach. That's all I want to be. But then there's no clients to coach. So I think this is where, well, I've just thought of something, actually. We, we've done courses all the way through, actually, but they were not to do with becoming a better, well, they were not to do with specifically academically to be, uh, towards my my subject, which is nutrition coach for perimenopausal women. But what they were, were to do become better at marketing. So we're still learning, but the balance is more, I would say, <laughs> right now it's probably more 70 30 30 as in we learn already right we already got the learning um, but what you then do is when you if you can show same kind of enthusiasm and doing marketing learning you know like if you want to learn how to do a loom video if you want to learn how to do calendly all of this is also learning because you are what you've learned how are you going to tell people about it if you don't know the marketing side of it so you're still learning but it's a slightly different learning you're trying to put your business into action those are the learnings that we have well we still we never not we've never stopped learning just we haven't learned we haven't gone into, um, so I'm now looking to go a little bit deeper in menopausal course. So I've got one lined up that I want to do, but I wanted to make sure I'm in a good place so I can then revisit and go and, and learn more about it in deeper way because I've seen that there's a need. So rather than me just doing these courses, knowing that, I, does anybody even need them? Like I'm just lining them up because I just want to be learning because I love learning never used to love learning now but what I have done is put myself in an uncomfortable place of learning the marketing side okay and now the balance is better right so if you are a coach and who's just going for the next accreditation because you think the more things I have on my wall by the way not in seven years not one person has asked me one person. can I check who was one it one person asked when a face-to-face -face person training business one person asked do you have a certification I said cool I just emailed it and it was fine and you enrolled and stayed with us for about a year Okay. So one person go. in seven years has ever asked. That's Who hundreds are they? Of people. I can't even remember that. I don't want to say their names. On okay, here, fine. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So this goes to show that if you are doing this, if you if you are doing this for other people, okay, then they're they're not interested, and, and you can line them up behind your Zoom wall, right? If you've got a Zoom call with these clients, you can line them up all in there. Um, however. It does make you a better coach because you have a lot more understanding of certain aspects of that business of yours. So you can do them alongside. But if they, if you're doing just courses, but there's no one to teach anything, how do you practice that, what you've learned? How do you actually implement that, what you've learned, if you've not got any clients? So you have to find that balance. You know, you don't stop learning, but you've got to learn how to market. And that is not the sexy part. That's the horrible part because you didn't come into this world to learn marketing, but then you can't do transformations if you don't know the marketing yeah. or you can't do enough transformations. Yeah, and you can't really have a business then that's sustainable, pays for everything, the lifestyle you want because most times if you're starting a business it's to make a lifestyle change as well as transform people's lives. So some of it's for you, some of it's because you want to help people. That's fine. That's totally, that's the perfect place you want to be. You want to be able to get paid to do what you love. That's what you want to do. And once you've learned the marketing side, then it's about learning the sales because you'll have people coming to you and go, hey, I'm interested. How to pitch my offer, how to sell this thing for £2,000 or whatever your price point is at a high ticket value point. It's like, that's another skill to learn. So as you're acquiring these skills, just think about almost, I'd almost like chart them like, just list out all the things you need to learn to run a business and whatever the lowest one is and score them out of 10, that's the area you need to focus on. And most of the time, it's not a st another certification. It's not because you're qualified enough. And I had a conversation with a lady like last week, so a potential client. 
and hers was all about her father, I think wanted her to be a doctor. Bear in mind, this lady's like probably late 40s now. So from an early age, she was trying to get to university and qualify as a doctor, but the family couldn't afford to send her. So she never finished being a doctor, basically. And even to this day now, she has certification after certification. None of them as a doctor, but she always feels like I don't know enough because I'm not that doctor that I was meant to be. And it's quite sad because as I heard her speak, she speaks so well about nutrition and health. It's ridiculous. Like In my head, I'm like, you know enough. You know way more than you need to know, but you don't know nothing about marketing or selling. And that's why you haven't got any clients. Or that's why when you say it's $200 an hour, people are <gasps> or when someone, but you believe challenge yourself, well, you're not a doctor, I'm not going to listen to you. That's probably the narrative in your own head. Most people don't think that way. Most people think, how do you help me solve this big problem? I don't really care what certifications are. Can you help me solve this problem? And if they can, great, awesome. Otherwise, she just ends up stuck. And I think that's a massive thing that Farah mentioned about mindset. And I, th- I call it a self-worth more than anything else. So I think it was self-worth and net worth. So if you're trying to grow a business, obviously you're trying to increase your net worth. But if you think of both ends, you've got this self-worth on one side. And some of it is like, I don't feel worthy enough to position myself in the marketplace at this price point. Okay, that's self-worth. I attach myself to my business. That's my self-worth. You need to detach yourself and detach yourself, your net worth and your self-worth. Because if you look around the marketplace, people are selling and making millions upon millions of pounds in the coaching space. So it's possible. You see it. You've seen it. You've seen it somewhere. You've seen somebody sell something for a couple of thousand pounds. Therefore, it is possible. But you believe you're not worth getting there. You don't have the self-worth or confidence to go, I can do that too. Therefore, you've attached your self-worth and your net worth together. Hence, when you say, possibly say, when you say a number, you're like, I can't charge that much. Why not? That's your self-worth talking, not your net worth, because people pay it. People pay thousands, 25 grand a year, I've heard, for coaching programs in the nutrition space. So it's totally possible, 25 grand a year for coaching in the health space, B to C. Okay, not B to B, B to C. And some people are like, oh my God, that's ridiculous, blah, blah, blah. But there's some people out there who want to pay that much. There's people out there who actually go, I'd rather pay more than pay $9.99 for gym membership or £100 an hour. I don't need £100 an hour in a massive transformation. Maybe I'm a CEO. That could be like, you know, chump change. It could be nothing to them. And there's people out there who are like that. And if you're looking to attract those type of people, you don't need the hundreds of them. Because people think you need hundreds, hundreds of clients to make a successful six-figure business, but you don't. I just want to share that with you. So think of those two things as separate things. That's what I think. Net worth, self-worth. Net worth, self-worth. How do I increase my self-worth? How do I get validation? Okay? I get validation when I get a client and I get a result. That's you saying, I can do this. I know what I'm doing. I've got a result and proven it. That validation process happens when you market and sell your program. Not when you just get another certification. Because you feel like you're getting validated every time you get, yes, I got another certification. Put it on the wall and proud. But it doesn't mean you get another client automatically. No one's going to look at you because no one even knows if you post it and go, I got a notification, awesome. They're not going to go, all right, now I'm going to enroll with you because you got that qualification. Most people don't even know what the qualification is. Farah's been really quiet. I was, just think, <laughs> I was thinking, where do you get this belief from? It's not yours, is it? It's borrowed or been given. And mostly, in most cases, uh, depending on what background you come from, is... Um, a belief given by parents or maybe the close family 
people that have brought you up. So maybe you've been brought up, say, if, you, if you've been told, you know, let's take an example of weight loss. If you've been told, stop eating that, you're going to put weight on. Look at you. Look at your tummy like rolling out. For example, you're going to have a belief that, you know, you are overweight. And that kind of comes into the whole 30s, 40s, 50s. These are the ladies that I'm dealing with. Okay. My own story would be that my dad always used to say, your cousins are so much more clever than you are. Um, they're going to be first in the class. So I was brought up in Pakistan, very, very competitive in terms of needed to be on the top in the class constantly. It was my, it was my granddad's school. So for me to let him down. Didn't know that. Yeah, um, school that then came into, um, my dad ran it, uh, what my dad, dad, my uncle, they ran it. It was part of that. I think now it's been sold. But yeah, you had to be the top, you know, and my cousins, they didn't go to that school, but we always had to, me, my sister. And it was so scary if you didn't get the marks that he wanted us to get. So he, because he would just say it straight out, you're just so dumb. You know, when you hear words like that as a child and very little, that amazing, you've done so well you will have a belief that you're not good enough, okay? So you carry that belief into your future and in your late 30s and 40s when you are solo standing down on your own and you think, why can't I charge this client this much? Because the self-worth. So it's not your belief. So this is the what you have to recognize that first. Be aware of this situation first. In my case, you know, we had, uh, <laughs> I had Afro to like point this out to me constantly and think, why, why don't you charge people? Like, I don't think I'm good enough. I haven't got enough experience. Or why can't they go so-and-so? So-and-so is even better than me and charge half the price. All of these things. And you can really get spiraled down into this, right? Um, and this is when the, what's really helped us really, and me in particular, is being surrounded by people who are like me, like-minded people being in coaching programs. To, is 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 reason I have changed my mindset because we've shared these stories with each other, and there's many of the coaches that come from this this background or this belief that I'm talking about, and then this is why you keep doing creditation sometimes because you think if I do five more, then you know I'm better than so and so or I'm as good at least, and now I'm going to go out into the world, and maybe necessarily you don't need to do that because you your own transformation or your reason for becoming a coach is the experience and is the validation and is the accreditation that you need to get started. Because what have you learned? Teach that to one person. Just teach it. See what happens with that. And then if you think, oh my God, I actually don't know anything I'm talking about macros. I don't know any of this. Fine. You need to go and educate yourself on that if you haven't already. Um, but if you think, oh, I think I know enough. I can actually get, because most honestly, the, if, if you're a weight loss coach, the, it's, it's kind of simple. Uh, what's more complicated is going into the the brain of the client and figuring out why are they on the yo-yo journey and what's going on. And that comes from experience, honestly. That is not going to be taught. Maybe there are ways of dealing with it, but what comes from experience cannot be... Um, you can't find it anywhere else. You've got to create your own experience of that by actually getting a client and starting to transform their lives and understanding how are you coming across as a coach how is that client coming, you know, what are the messages that you're putting out? What kind of people are you attracting? And all these things will then make you understand, ah, I think I want to go in gut health. I'm going to go look into more of that. At least now you've got a few clients. So now you're bringing a bit about a little bit of balance between doing courses, but also becoming good at marketing your business, being in a coaching program with like-minded people. It kind of pulls together that way. That's a great point. And I, I kind of just wrote this down quickly about the three E's. So I call it the three E's of a high ticket coaching business. You could call it the three E's of a health coaching business. But if I was talking about these kind of three areas, so if you've got a pen and paper, you can write this down. But first one is education. 
Okay, so you can just have one of these three E's and you can get clients, basically. First one being education. That's the most traditional path to this journey and the most likely one you're going to take. Okay, because you guys will be qualified enough, okay, at that point. Okay, so education is the first one. The second one being experience. So experience normally is like Farah said, you've got experience of yourself. Maybe you've gone through your own journey. And most coaches start a journey because they've been in a situation that they've got out of and they want to help other people in that situation. This is why this podcast exists, okay? Because in 2017, 18, when I tried to go online, it absolutely flopped and I had to then get two part-time jobs. One as a cleaner, one as a pizza delivery guy. I was driving around and I was like, oh, this is so boring listening to the same thing at 10 at night because at 10 at night, the music goes crazy, drum and bass, doo -doo -doo -doo. it's like, I can't really listen to this all the time. After a few days, I got bored of it. I was like, right, I need to find something else. Then that's when I looked at my phone. I was just like, oh God, something else on it. It's purple button, podcast. What, what the hell is a podcast? Didn't even know. Clicked it. And then I think one of the first ones I saw was Gary Vee. I'm like, I don't even know who this is. Clicked it. Following him and a deep dive in Gary Vee's world. Went back for like three years and listened to pretty much everything he said. All about sales and marketing. And then I went at home and started implementing some of the stuff around Facebook ads, etc. Then we kind of built the business back up. And that's why I am very passionate or we are very passionate about helping people because we've been in that situation, dark days. Now we're in a situation where we're blessed to then go, right, let's go help people who were in our situation, who struggled with marketing and sales, et cetera. Yeah, that's, that's the, the experience piece. That so was the, I was gonna say, that's the, I just remember that's the year we were parked outside a job center. It's a job center where you ask for help. Yeah. What is it? Benefits? benefit center something like that anyway and it was christmas i think it was just a few days before christmas and i was so worried about not being able to buy um christmas presents for the boys and it was a really horrible moment As, you know you were just sat there thinking what what happened what did we do you know we'd given all our money to the agencies and tried a bunch of different things but the dark moments are really dark and and it's okay you know remember that you will come out of that and nobody stays on the bottom of the pit the only way is up so if you are feeling that right now uh, remember that that you will be able to come out of this because it, it, it was scary it was really horrible it was I've never be, been in that situation my entire life so I got angry, got sad, I got resentful. I wanted to break up with Afro. I wanted to break up with this business. I wanted to get a job. Well, everything went through my head. But here we are a few years later. And, uh, you know, we're in a very different position right now. We're very blessed to be able to, to, to actually teach you guys this or bring it to the podcast so you can resonate with it. Yeah, I think it's that's the experience piece. Like, we have been there. When I think of an earlier version of me, I always think of an earlier version of me. If I had this podcast then, wow, that would have been amazing. Do you, do you remember the, the you knocked on the door and um, there was a pizza yes, you were delivering? It was a client, wasn't it? Yep, delivering pizzas to our health clients. <laughs> so that was quite embarrassing, wasn't it? Was. it? Yeah. Hey, yeah. it's Afro, is that you? Yes, here's your pizza, run out the door. But I also knew that it was only temporary. I knew it wasn't going to be forever. I knew it's right. This is just a phase in my life. I've just got to appreciate it and think, right, this is actually a blessing because now I get to drive around and learn whilst I drive. That's why I saw it. So I saw it as temporary. I saw an opportunity to learn and then opportunity to implement. And that's the experience piece. The evidence then becomes like you've got people results. Okay, so if you've got one of these three things, education, experience or evidence, you can then pass that on to someone else. Now, it depends on with obviously health and nutrition. There might be certain things you have to have to then be able to teach in terms of education piece, potentially. 
like a level like you gotta if you want to be a personal trainer you want to get the level two or three because then you want to be insured to then obviously don't break someone's back for example all right but yeah those are the three e's i always think about have one or more of these and you're good to go you can start charging higher price points okay because you educated yourself got experience or you've got evidence of getting people results okay i want to add anything you want to add to that because i've got some other thoughts on something else no i'm good Okay, cool. So the other bit I was going to think about is Alex Amosi when he said this. So he talks about, I call it, well, I didn't call it anything particular, but I've kind of rebranded it and called it like how to level up or how to get to the next level of growth with you or your business. And he talks about three things and I love these three things. So it's character traits, beliefs, and skills. So one of those things will be holding you back from the next level of growth. If that is launching, it's going to be one of those three things that holds you back. One of those things could be skills. I don't know how. How do I launch a business? Like, how do I do anything? Like, how do I put a post out? How do I, you know, set up my stripe? How do I, all these skills you need to learn. Beliefs could be like, like I said earlier, who's going to buy from me? I've just started. I'm a new person on the block when I've got thousands of people who could buy from as well. Character traits, maybe you're impatient. Maybe you don't have enough resilience built in. You give up at the first hurdle. That's the kind of thing, like these are all the different levels. So I think of character traits as like patience, resilience, things like that. Beliefs is like your belief system, what you believe to be true. And I think he used an example of like a thousand. So imagine if you're brand new. Now imagine you're 18 and you believe that a thousand pounds is a lot of money. And then imagine that same 18 year old is now 45 and still believes a thousand pound is a lot of money. Something around that belief system is broken. They haven't grown out of that belief system. Now, if you're 18 years old, and you believe a thousand pound is not a lot of money, that already sets you up in a good position because now you're thinking bigger. So by the time you get to 40, you're thinking 50,000, 100,000. You're thinking bigger numbers and it's only value exchange numbers. So if you give someone value, they give you money. That's a value exchange. That means you both win, win, win. Okay, they're getting a result and they're getting... I wanted to add something funny happened in our house with that. My son, who's a very matter-of-fact child, who says how he feels or thinks, no matter no matter who's getting upset in the way or what that sounds like. And he said, how, how are these teachers qualified to teach us? They get 30 grand a year because he actually... 13, he, will, yes. he, he will go and ask them, why are you getting paid? You know, he, he asks questions like that, like, why are you eating this or... And they would have said, I don't know, 30,000 a year. And, and he obviously hears us making those numbers in a month. And he's like, how are they qualified to teach me to make money when they make that total money? And you see, that's not, and if some, some of you listening to this, well, why is he, why is he saying that? You know, that's the, doesn't understand how the teachers work so hard and get that. That is not the point of this conversation. It's just that he said it because that's his memory, what he's growing up with. He's seeing these numbers, right? If, if we, and, and before we started this, we were making 30 grand each, weren't we? Yep. You know, and uh, per year. And um, that's what he would have known because we would have said, no, you can't buy that. This is too expensive. We still say that, but we say it slightly in a different way because of this book we read. Uh, was, uh, poor Dad, Rich Dad? Rich Dad, Poor Dad? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's about, in, in that book it mentions, and actually in podcasts and other things, if you think about the money belief, uh, it says not, if, if you said that's too expensive, I can't buy it for you, so rather than saying something like, okay, so this is what you want to buy. So this is a process on how we're going to maybe save up or maybe you need to wait for Christmas. And, you know, rather than saying that's too, too expensive, because if the constant dialogue is too expensive, 
he's going to grow up looking at pretty much everything saying it's too expensive and his money beliefs are going to be different yeah. so i got an interesting framework on that i actually learned which i thought was pretty powerful where actually they said like if people think it's too expensive and then you say i am choosing not to buy this you can say so the reason why i'm not buying this is because we want to put the money towards this yeah so for example like he goes i want this toy well i said actually you know what we're putting the money towards a holiday instead so they understand there's still money there. It's just moving in a different direction. Or we want to spend this money to keep the house warm versus saying it's too expensive. That's a different shift. And I thought, oh, it's quite interesting that. So they know that there's still, there's money there, but it's being spent here instead of here. So they then understand how money flows. I thought that's quite an interesting insight. Yeah, definitely. I think, and what you did with the boys, uh, just going on on this particular point, they have a treat every other Thursday, so they can order something from outside, like a takeout. And I will say to, I'm like, there's a, there's got to be a budget. It's got to be a budget, like ten pounds each, or you know, fifteen. However, now it's kind of somehow come up to twenty because the prices have gone up of things. And and uh, and Afro said to me, do you not need to say keep saying this? I think it's a, if it's a treat, you cannot put a, you know, you can't you don't necessarily need to put a value next to it because you are making them feel maybe you can make them feel a bit guilty why are you you know why are you ordering this so he's always given them the phone and he said order what you need to and he never looks at the price and he just lets them order that and it it switches that mindset to oh, you know we're giving mom and dad hard time because we want to really order this but she told me 10 pound but so that, that conversation kind of got eradicated from here but but we kept that once every other week and that is it. There's no other takeout that get bought here, there and everywhere. So we're very disciplined around that. And the, and we don't talk about, you know, we don't say you're not having this because it's Thursday. We, they just know it. Yeah. And I want to add to that. It doesn't mean we go crazy. They don't buy a hundred yeah. pounds worth of food. Like, it's not, it's not ridiculous amounts. It's one, it's <laughs> one meal they're ordering. So it's yeah. like a ch- uh, chips, some kind of wingers, some kind of chicken, you know. Either way, there, there's a, there is a, <laughs> it's a meal, it's a drink, that and that. And, you know, normally, you know what I'm talking about, like a, like a, a take fast food takeout. And they, they can be from various places. So we don't put a set number on there because we want them to know a treat is something where you don't have to necessarily have budgets. Or we don't use the words expensive, even though between me and him we said used to be like 12 now it's gone up to 15 and just recently it was up to around 20 doesn't it and I, was, I did say that to you tonight I think do we need to have some kind of like a little budget but we spoke between us and we haven't said that to them there's a possibility we might drop it to once a month but better for their health for sure I mean I if it was up to me I'll take it away it's just too much I love the way she says that because it's her idea <laughs> so we'll let you know um yeah so that's um character traits beliefs and skills you got any thoughts around those three things uh, the character traits. What do you think about that? Like, do you, are you born with this? Do you are you developing this as a skill? Because that leaks into the skill, doesn't it? So if you're Some if an impatient over. person, Is that question. You just, yeah. Okay. Well, I I think of it as um, both the classic nature and nurture. So it depends. So if you are brought up in an environment, I think this research has shown zero to seven years old is the age where you're pretty much record. I like to call it recording. So. And if you think about unconscious mind, it's always recording, it's always on. So you might not see like, right now as I do this podcast, I'm thinking about the words coming out of my mouth, I'm processing loads of data, I'm thinking what to say, you know, things are just working our brain. Now, there might be a cat in the background doing something, or there might be on the side a photo of a baby, which there is, or there might be some snow in the garden, okay, or frost. Now, I'm not consciously thinking of that, it's just there, but my mind is just recording everything. And processing data without even thinking. 
unconsciously, right? Because consciously, if we had to do that, it'd be way too much information. And I think it's a, I think it's a study, uh, I can't remember, Duke University, 47% of our habits are just uh, unconscious as we just do them without even thinking about it. It might be even higher sure than that. sure about that number? Yeah, I think it's 47%. Oh, okay. But some say it's higher for different studies, but it's high, okay? We don't, we automatically do stuff without even thinking about it. And I believe some of those traits are embedded as we grow up. So between zero and seven, think about your parenting environment you're in. Most of your blueprint is set then. That's why it's very hard to change from like seven, eight, nine, ten into adulthood. You probably are the same belief system and patterns you operated with when you're younger. And they're very hard to change. You have to change them consciously, like through repetition. That's why it's hard to build new habits and people struggle with that. Or and a dramatic event happens, like a car crash, someone dies in your family, you, you go broke, you lose your home. Then you're like, oh crap, I better do something. So it's always a tragic event or a conscious effort to change. Either way, you make a shift and you change. And that's what I believe character traits are. So some are just innately built into you because of what you've seen. So I believe I'm more resilient because my mom went through a, a tough time with my dad. Therefore, I believe I'm more resilient because I've seen that environment. I've seen my mom work three jobs and look after all three of us on her own. I'm thinking, how the hell do you even do that? So I'm thinking like that. So I'm more resilient. Like If she did that, well, doing a podcast is easy. What am I worried about? So I refer back to these things in those moments. I think that's character traits. So you can, you can definitely learn them or someone innately built in. Some people are just more patient than others. Some people are more resilient than others. Some people are more, um, what other traits are there? Uh, confident. Some people are more confident than others, yeah. So there's a it spectrum to this. It definitely comes from, uh, to me, it, it, there's a lot, depends on how you've been brought up. Yeah, a chunk of it. Well, and then the rest is you can learn it. I have a. You can uh, learn a character trait. You can learn patience. Yeah, you can. You can definitely learn yeah. it. It's harder. Um, my my biggest issue is like trust. Um, when I was little, I got child abused for aged maybe two to like sixteen. So I don't trust. <laughs> I don't trust. I say that in present tense because I'm working on this. There's a lot of people, men in particular, were really struggling to trust them because I feel that every man that I came across after that age or across that age was that somebody's going to, you know, they're going to do something to me. So the trust was really shattered. And I bring that into my life now. And I ha- it shows up in lots of things. Shows up in a relationship, doesn't it? Uh, quite, mm. quite a lot. It shows up with even like trusting my kids. Where are they? Are they telling me the truth? I drive up there to find out where they are because I feel like they're not telling me the truth. And this is all my own things I'm dealing with. So I've been having a lot of therapy. Um, and th- like I said, so I've lived <laughs> half of my life with this issue of trust, which shows up in my business, shows up in my relationship, shows up in my parenting, shows up in my relationships with my friends and people around. So this one, I couldn't help it because as a child, I was obviously left to my own devices in a bit of a vulnerable situation and position. And, you know, I'm not going to look back. I, you went through a whole stage of being angry and blah, blah, blah. However, you know, back back out of the th- with the therapy and now recognizing this is stopping me going forward. And my therapist says, when you find that you can trust people, you are going to be able, you're going to just show up to the world. Even me sharing this to you is part of that journey, I guess. You're going to show up to the world with the whole of you, whole self. You won't hold anything back. How you feel inside and what you're saying becomes one, which was never the case. So this is what you can work on. But then there's some things like, for example, as a result of that, that abuse thing, 
we, we all, while I was growing up, we moved so many houses. So now if I have to move to another house or move around, I'm very flexible because that's a skill I've built, again, unknowingly, that I bring into my new, my new life as my adult life. And I can, I'm very adaptive. Doesn't matter what the weather is. Doesn't matter what's going on. I can really move. You know, I don't get stuck in things because that's a good part or a, a habit that helps my, my adulthood. But then there are habits that are obviously not helping or habits or traits. traits character traits. Character traits. Looking at, yeah, yeah. sticking to this topic, character traits, yeah. beliefs maybe. So, um, yeah. So look at you now as you're speaking about those, think about your own. Like what are the th great things you can bring over into your business right now and what are the things that you need to learn and borrow sometimes you have to borrow other people's your partner's um, confidence or belief and then start that journey rather than being stuck at but also we have to recognize and honor ourselves like this is what i'm struggling with i know what it is i need some help in this section yeah and i think like if you think about these three how i tackle it and think about it is like if there's one that's glaringly obvious if you've got character traits, beliefs, and skills, and one of them is seriously lacking, then that's the one you need to focus on the most. For example, if the skill is like, I know nothing about marketing, because that's what we're talking about here, certifications and whatnot, is I know nothing about marketing, then I have to upskill myself to learn more about marketing, because I believe what I've got is valuable. I know it is, I've seen it, I've done it for free or whatever, I've done it in my previous job or role. I'm very good in terms of character, I just don't know how. That's a skill thing. So then you go work on that skill. That that means then you break the ceiling of that. You get clients. Then the next belief might be like, or belief might be like, I can't charge more than 500 because that's my limiting belief on that. Then that's the thing you need to fix or look out to improve. So you want to pick like what's the most, because everyone has one, not everyone. Most people have one that is glaringly obvious. And that's the one you want to work on. Then after that, you if you've got like, I've got a glaring obvious one. Pick one out of each category and work on those. And that's how it break through, break, help you break through to the next level. And that kind of ties into back to certifications, really. Because if you believe you need a certification, then maybe it's a belief system thing you need to work on. Or, like I said, if you don't know the business side of it, it's a skill to work on. And there's also such thing as, uh, if you haven't read Atomic Habit from James Clear, you can also start small and build it up. Okay, one of our clients, uh, and Lucy, I'm sure if you're listening to this, you would definitely want to help, uh, won't mind me sharing this. To, to charge a client, a thousand pounds was a real issue to her. When it came to pitching, she was like, I don't know, why would they pay that? Exactly what I'm talking about. I very much resonated with her. And there's so many coaches out there will resonate with this exact story. When we pushed the price back to, I think it was 497. Uh, 500. Sorry, 500, four, 500. No, 750, I think. It's, we did 500, we did 750, I think we might have. Yeah. And then we took it to 1,000. It was so much easier for her to do this. And I'm, this is, would be me. This is how I came from. And you know the story because charging 67 to, to then 249 to then 297 to then 497. And then from 497 took a jump to 2,000. And then I retracted back to 1500 because I was like, no, no, this is too much. And then went over to 1700. Now it's back to 2000, right? And one of our biggest months, like I said, was last month. We, we had eight new clients starting. We've got three this month already as well. So it, this comes with practice, guys, as well. Okay. So if you're listening to this podcast thinking, I really resonate with what she's saying, 
with Afro, this would not be an issue. See how he was brought up and how I was brought up. They're two, we're two different people. So this is where we have, um, we have conversations about this. Like, why can't I think like you? Why can't I be like you? Why can't I have the same confidence like you? But you don't. It's okay. Stop beating yourself about it and, and see what you, where can you start? Charge 200 if you need to, to begin with. Then go up. But 200 is not your limit. You're worth more of that if you are building a high ticket um, offer online. Yeah, I just remembered a book actually, uh, Business of Expertise by David C. Baker, I believe his name. And I remember reading this book like three years ago, maybe. And I almost rewrote the book out. It was that good? I was reading, writing notes, reading, writing notes. I almost felt like I wrote the book out. But you talk, I believe in that book, he talks about internal, external. So you get internal validation where you feel confident enough to do something, or you need validation externally. You need someone to buy your thing. So ten, generally, I have internal belief. I believe this is going to work. Fara needs to see it work to then go, yep, yeah, this is working. So you can have either or, and you've got to know yourself to know which one are you. So I'm always thinking this will work, or I'll make it work. Or, or if I'm on a course or a program, like, okay, how can this work for me? I believe this will work if I keep working at it. Whereas Fara might think I need to see other people doing it before I believe it's, you know, I'm yeah. going to get there. So... You can work either way. It doesn't really matter. You just got to know which one. Do you get it internally or you externally? You need to see it in the world or do you need to have the inner belief like, I just believe it to be true? It's a very similar thing to when we go on holiday. Everyone's like, are you excited? We go, I'm like, no. Uh, because I cannot feel the excitement until I'm actually there. I, oh, yeah, I don't know how to lot. explain this. I think so. <laughs> if you resonate with this, let us know, actually. If you, if there's anybody else, am I the only weirdo in the world? <laughs> and if it's like, you know, like the workouts, we have workouts, we have access to see them. We can see them before. But I don't know how they, f- they will feel. I don't, in fact, I don't even want to care. About, I don't care enough to know how they will feel. I know it's a workout. It's going to hurt in some some stages. So I get there and then I start getting a bit nervous and think, oh my God, that looks a little bit hard on the board or why has he put runs outside like he did today? Thank you, Will. Really, 10 car park runs. So, seriously, I still haven't forgotten. Easy anyway, Anyway, Will, thank you for that. He's a very good coach. Anyway, so if you are that person who needs to do the thing, say those words, rep it out like, oh, okay, so blah, 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 done the pitch and then you say the price. So the price is... 497 or £500 for four-month coaching. And then you be quiet. You have to say those words. I had to say those words over and over again until I believed that somebody would pay. However, if nobody paid, my belief is not strong. I had to get someone to pay that multiple times, not just once, before I believed it. When I first took my £2,000, my first online high-ticket coaching, I literally did not believe this woman's going to pay even though she had been my client previously who was paying 67 a month, why would she give me 2,000? Why would she do that, right? But she did. You see, she did. This is what what I want you to take my belief, borrow it from me and take it for yourself uh, because she did. And that was the start of this amazing business that's now built out, you know, like an over six-figure business now and super happy. And we're transforming lots of women's life. And I love coaching my clients. That's just so fantastic. Every day I have a smile on my face. There's always a lovely message from one of them because there's so many of them, you know. Boom. I think I'll wrap it up there, I think. Anything else to add? I think I spoke a lot today. Let us know. Did Farah speak too much? I also <laughs> drank a 600 ml warm water. <laughs> Thank God. So I'm always battling pee. with drinking water. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so. <laughs> Just put it in there.
Yeah, just always sharing, aren't we? Yeah, so that kind of wraps up the show. Uh, so if you've got value from the show, let us know. Let us know how you found that. Let us know you're thinking about notification. Let us know if it helped benefit you. Let us know. Reach out. You'll find us on mainly on Facebook. Just type our names in, Afro-Dibitu or Fire Caranberry. Drop us a little DM. It'd be nice to know which part resonated with you the most. And you haven't subscribed, guys. Subscribe. And, and and I don't blame you if you can't find me. My surname is it's a difficult one. But if you can, you get a high five. Send her a high five. Anyway, guys, let's wrap it up there. How do you wrap up the show, Farah? Take control of your life. Before life takes control of you. Woo! If you got value from today's episode, then subscribe now as this will mean you get alerted when a new episode drops, which will be every Monday at 6am in readiness to kickstart your week. And remember guys, so every time you subscribe, it really helps us grow. So really appreciate your support. So whether you're an Apple podcast or Spotify, you find us on most platforms. Go ahead and subscribe now. Do it now, guys. Don't wait. Are you still waiting? Go with it. it. (laughs) Go with it. (laughs) Thanks for listening.